Well, praise the Lord and God bless you this evening and welcome to the Tabernacle Delivered Sunday evening service. I'm Pastor Wells and I'm excited about what God is doing for us, with us, through us, and in the midst of us, regardless of all of crazy stuff going on in this world today. I'm excited about what God is doing. Amen. 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 I'm always saying amen, man. It means so good. Anyway, God is good. He's brought us another week. Um, he woke us up this morning. Um, he started us on our way. Now so we're here today. Amen. <coughs> Come on, clap your hands on me. I gotta make this journey. I gotta make this journey. Staying on my track. Trying to hold me back. I gotta make this journey somehow. Come on. I gotta make this journey somehow. I gotta make this journey somehow. Come on, come on, come on. I gotta make this journey. I gotta make this journey. I gotta make this journey somehow. Come on, come on, come on. Satan's on my tracker. Trying to hold me back, but I gotta make this journey somehow. Oh, glory. Now, listen, it's, it's the song it possibly says, I gotta make this journey. I, I, got, I gotta make this journey. What is that, the lighting? I gotta make this journey. There you go. I gotta make this journey somehow. Satan is on my track, trying to hold me back. But I got to make this journey somehow. So come on, one more time. Clap your hands. I got to make this journey somehow. Come on, come on. I got to make this journey somehow. Set it on my track. Trying to hold me back. I got to make this journey somehow. Come on, come on, come on. I got to make this journey somehow. Come on, come on, come on. I got to make this journey somehow. Standing on my track, trying to hold me back. I gotta make this journey somehow. Come on, come on, come on. I gotta make this journey somehow. Oh, yes, yes. I gotta make this journey somehow. Oh, you gotta understand it. You gotta make this journey somehow. With Satan on your back, trying to hold you back, you got to make this journey. Somehow, bow your head for a moment. Bow your heads a minute. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come before you in the behalf of those that's watching this broadcast right now, those that's watching by Twitter, YouTube, or however they receive the podcast. I don't know. But you know. I ask that you touch every liberal soul under the sound of my voice. Break the yokes in their lives, meet the needs in their lives. I bind the hand of the enemy on every hand from, from hindering them from receiving the word of God today. Touch, heal, deliver, and make free. As the spoken word of God goes forth, touch their lives, open their understanding, and give them a desire to make this journey in Jesus' name. Amen. Get your Bible. We got to make this journey somehow. That's something to think about. In this life we live, you are going to have to fight to make your journey. And in thinking of that, uh, while I was thinking about waiting on the Lord for what in the world am I going to preach today about? Because I ain't getting no message during the week. And I'm just waiting. Because see, sometimes you got to wait on the Lord. And be able to curse your strength in your heart. But as I begin to wait on the Lord. Because see, I learned over the years that we have to wait on God to move in our behalf. We have to wait on him to do things. Because we could do things ourselves and make a bigger mess. The object of the word of God is to encourage everybody that hears the word of God 
to serve God in righteousness and walk with God in righteousness and pray earnestly before God. That's what the man or woman of God's job is supposed to be. I said supposed to be. That doesn't mean everybody's doing it. We just dream of whatever we want to preach. Or we think, of, well, it's Christmas time. Let's preach a Christmas message. It's Thanksgiving. Let's preach a Thanksgiving message. It's Halloween. Let's preach about Halloween. Well, they do that too, you know. Preachers do have Halloween parties and all that kind of stuff. Even though the scripture tells us not to do some wickedness like that, but we do it anyway. We do it an hour away. So the thought the Lord brought to me today, this afternoon rather, was never alone. And then I think about that scripture, never, the, 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 the thought, never alone. It's something some of us really never realize. That we're never alone. You may be by yourself in a house or, or in your car or wherever you may be. But you're never alone. Get your Bibles and go with me to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Let's talk about never being alone. Let's talk about, first of all, God's plan. Because we often talk about man's plan. But we really often talk about God's plan. What man wants to do, what your boss wants to do, you do. What your husband wants you to do, what your children want you to do, what your wife wants you to do, what your girlfriend wants you to do, what your boyfriend wants you to do, what everybody wants you to do. But let's hear what God has said. Genesis, King James Version, chapter 2, verse 18 says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a help me for him. I'll read it again. And the Lord God said, It is not good for a man to be alone. I will make him a help me. Now that's interesting. Who said we shouldn't be alone? God said so. God said that we should not be alone. And he'll make us a help me. Don't go twisting up God's word that God said I should get me a, get me a man that I like men and I'm a man. No! God didn't say that. He never said that. That's the devil. You might well tell the truth. The devil is the one that's all the confusion and lies, myth, trash, dirt. But God said this unique thing here that God said he did not want man to be by himself. Check this out, folks. Many men today walk up and down with their chest stuck out. And I'm a head in the house. And my wife do what I say do or else. Well, the Bible said you were so stupid that he had to get somebody to help your stupid behind. Hello? I he said he, he wasn't good for you to be alone. He had to get somebody to help you. So you're so big and bad. I'm in charge. I'm the head of the house. And what I say goes. And don't you dictate to what I say. Well, God said himself that he had to get somebody to help your silly behind. Ooh, isn't that interesting? God said he never wanted you to be alone because he know you needed he you needed somebody to help you. So some of you preachers out there saying, well, my wife don't have to help me because I pay all the bills. He wasn't talking about paying bills. He said, help me. See, that's where you mess up. That's where you mess up. He said, help me. I know y'all changed the word to me. <laughs> a lot of y'all changed the word to help me. That ain't in the scripture. It said, help meet the need that you have. Help meet the need in the home. Help meet the need in the ministry. When Jesus sent them out, it was always two by two. Never alone. Why? 
the God himself never intended for man to be alone. Listen to that. Don't believe me? When the Lord Jesus Christ came on the earth as the Messiah, if you notice, he quickly appointed 12 disciples. He was never alone. If you notice, when the Lord came on the scene, he appointed 12 disciples when he came of age to start his ministry, his public ministry. 12 disciples. If you really read your Bible, you're going to find out that Abraham hung out with God because they were best friends. Never alone. When you read the word of God, you come to find out that God doesn't want anybody to be alone. He ain't alone. <laughs> the Bible said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall stand forever and I'll never pass away. Never alone. That scripture, look at that scripture. Let's go over one more time. Genesis 2.18 says, And the Lord God said, It is not good for a man to be alone. I will make him and help me. Uh, help me for him. Notice he said for him. He didn't say for her. Huh? When you read the word of God, you have to allow God to illuminate your mind so you can see what God is actually saying. Oh, uh, come on, somebody. God doesn't change. He doesn't want you to be alone. He don't want you struggling in the ministry alone. He wants you to achieve what he's putting your heart to do for him. Oh, God don't put mess in your heart. Let's just clear it up. People come to church looking for someone, looking for a friend, looking for somebody to go out to lunch with after service or dinner after service. I'm serious. But a lot of times they miss the fact that they're never alone if they allow Christ Jesus to come into their life. You'll never be alone. You may be by yourself. It's two different things. God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you that I'll be with you to the end of the age. God will not leave you. The Lord Jesus Christ will not leave you. Never alone. Mm -hmm. Okay. When we look at the word of God, it don't change. We change. In the passing of two close people of mine, friends, close, I, 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 now, I've, walked, I've been with them for years. They, they're the best friends. One with a father, figure to me, but I love her, and then Sister Furlow, my lifelong friend of over 40 years. Though they're gone, they still reside within my heart of the great thoughts and the moments and teaching and, and, and jokes and eating and fellowship and all that stuff. I'll never be alone. We need to understand that God does not change. He found the Lord that God that changes not. He don't change. I'm trying to get you to understand something about being alone and by yourself. You can be in a car by yourself, but yet God is with you while you're driving. I sure take it with me when I go. I take the angels. I take everybody going with me when I go. When I get on that road, I'm taking the Lord because the devil is a liar. He'll get in that car with you if he's king. You let him. He'll get in that car with you and talk to your head. Do you hear me? When you're in your house by yourself, he'll try to talk to you. He'll try to talk foolishness to you. Huh? Oh, he don't do that so much when you're around church folk in, in, in the church. Oh, no, he ain't going to do that because he don't want to be embarrassed. But he'll wait till you're by yourself and he'll start talking his filth and mess to you. Hmm. I heard a preacher say, you know, when you're really saved, when you're still saved, when you're by yourself, huh? Never alone. But you can be by yourself. In fact, there are some people that love being by themselves. But they're never alone. They have the comfort of God always with them. But 
They like being by themselves. That's, that's, that's something to think about. Never ever alone. Because you have God with you. Let's move on. Let's go to Luke chapter 4. I want to show you something else about being alone. Luke chapter 4. And verse 4. Listen to this. And Jesus said to, and Jesus answered him, saying, It is written. It is written that man shall not live by uh, bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Let's read it. Let's read that one more time. And Jesus answered and said, answered and said, It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Notice he said, he didn't say you wouldn't need, oh, I found out church folks love to eat. Hey, we, we love, we just love to eat. We want to wine and dine. Oh, well, I don't know about the wine, but we like to dine. We love to eat. I'm guilty. I confess. I love to eat. I confess. When I was younger, we all used to go out after morning service and go out and have lunch. And we'd be fellowshipping and we'd be munching. We'd be munching. We'd eat. the Friday night service and we could sometimes we would go out and grab a bite. So God's word said, it is written. The Lord Jesus said, it is written, a man shall not live by what? Bread alone. Not by food. Why? Because two people got to be paid. Now I'm trying to get you something that you're never alone. You two people got to be fed in your life. Yourself and your spirit, man, has to be fed. That's why it's said there, man, sir. Listen to this. It is written. This is what Jesus said. That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. That's a spiritual man to say. That you're never alone. The more you read God's word, the more you learn about God, the more you worship God, the greater your spiritual man grows. The more you eat properly and take care of your body, your body going to grow. Did you hear me? You starve yourself to death. Your body gonna fall apart. That's why we can only fast up to a certain amount of time because we're not designed to go up beyond a certain time. I heard of one lady many years ago, a story about a lady, some some sister, some church, I don't know where she belonged to. Uh, and I've told the story and she started fasting and wound up in the hospital because she never could stand fasting. Some spirit jumped on her head, her fasting. Yeah? She was fasting, but it wasn't until God she couldn't stop. A spirit got her. You got to be led when you do things. The Bible said that many are led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. You need to be led by God to do things. Just don't fast to fast. Just don't pray to pray. Just don't read your Bible to read your Bible because you can go to college and do it as literature and it ain't doing a thing for you because you haven't learned anything about God. You just learned about the words. But God wants us to be true of his grace, and of his power, and of his love, and have a sound mind that we can stand the storm for life, that we can move forward in God and be an effective in God and not waste time. It's nice to hear preachers screaming and running across the public, but you also need to learn who God is and not just hear screaming. No, you could be never alone. Look at this verse. This is the Lord speaking here. And Jesus answering him, answered him, saying, Listen to this. 
Jesus was actually telling him something that had been written thousands of years ago. Jesus was actually telling him something that had been written on before. Jesus wasn't the one telling him this. He was telling him something that God already wrote. Oh, y'all ain't getting it. I keep telling people and trying to get everybody to understand, Jesus did not come here talking about himself. He didn't come here patting himself on the back. He didn't come here preaching some new gospel. He only came fulfilling the gospel that God already gave the prophecies of ever to the people. Oh, y'all hear me today. God already gave them the message. See, that's the problem with preachers today. They're coming up with some new wisdom and skill them. What they got to do is give people God's word. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will never pass away. So Jesus told the man, yeah, to them saying, it is written. It's already written. It's already settled in heaven. It's already written and settled in heaven, beloved. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. It's already in heaven. This is what the enemy don't want you to know, that God already said that you would never be alone unless you want to be. Even to the end of the age, he'll be with you. Now, Jesus said something to this man that's interesting. It is written. The man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. This was something already established. What I'm trying to get you to understand it was already established that God chose for you never to be alone. You could be by yourself, but never alone. In life, I want you to listen to this. In life, we look at our life sometimes. Lord, where are you? God, where are you? Why did this happen? God, how could you leave me? How can you leave me by myself? God said, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you, that I will be here to the end of the age. God don't want you alone. Well, yeah, you accuse him of having you alone. You may be by yourself. Listen to this. Let's think about this for one second. If the Lord Jesus came and hung out with you every day, would you want him to hang out with you every day? I mean, be honest. Would you want the Lord Jesus to hang out with you every second of the day? Come on, let's be honest. Would you? Would you want him to see all the videos you watch? Would you want him to see all the uh, upset text messages you send to people? Would you want him to be in the store with you when you're ready to tell a, a, the store clerk a piece of your mind? Or when they didn't give you the piece of pizza that they, the slice of pizza they gave you, you said you didn't want that piece, you wanted a bigger piece because you seen a fly flying by it or whatever the case, and you going bent out of shape. Do you want to see that? I'm going to be honest. Do you want to see that? Come on. Do you want the angels to see that? Do you want the Lord to be with you every day when you get up? Physically with you. I'm not talking about prisons. Why do you want the Lord to physically be with you every step of the way, every single day? You can say yeah with your mouth, but you know in your heart, you want the Lord to see all the stuff you do. You want want the Lord to see you when you're in the bathroom doing your stuff. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You don't want to. Yeah, you know the Bible talk about being a glutton. Some of y'all eat non-stop. You don't want the Lord to see you sitting like that. We're talking about being alone and by yourself. You don't want the Lord to see all that. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. People say, oh, with the Lord with me all day. He could be with you in prison, but you don't want him to have an action with you. All day long, because you're going to get messed up. He's going to bust you every time. He see you now. Now think about it. Do you want the Lord here in a natural with you every day, every second? I don't. Nope, because sometimes I want to go upside people's head. I, I got to control myself, and I don't want the Lord to see me bent out of shape. 
or when these crazy people run in front of me when I'm getting driving, but I'm calling them crackheads. <laughs> I'm guilty. I call people crackheads because that's what they remind me of crack addicts. They run right in front of your car. They they too busy texting. They like zombies. They texting and they just walking in front of your car. You trying not to kill them and smash up your car. I don't want the Lord. Jesus Christ. To be here in the physical with me every single day. Because I'm going to get in trouble every single day for sure. Because he's going to be looking at me like I'm nuts. Why are you doing that? Why are you upset? But the scripture said be angry and sin not. Still. <laughs> I can't take his presence like that. You're supposed to live for him every single day. Non-stop. You want God's presence with you. Because you got to be careful what you say, because you can offend the Lord. Seriously, why I'm telling you this, because a lot of people say, oh, Lord, if you were just here with me right now. And if the Lord showed up and you insult him, not knowing who he is, because he don't have to come down in all his glory. I'm just giving you an example. God can send an angel in his behalf. And you insult the angel, and then the angel go back and tell God, oh, you can get yourself in all kinds of trouble. I'll give you a good example of not being alone. On yesterday, I was going out with my family. And I go, my family is always an adventure. While I was going out with my family, we were coming back from one place. The man came up asking for money. It's funny. And uh, my wife said, oh, yeah, I can uh, do that for money. She said, oh, I don't like to pull out money from people. How, however, I gave the man $2. Now and then this happens to me anyway. I didn't know if the man was an angel or not. I didn't get an answer to get away from me. I ain't got no money to get, get out of here. I didn't do that. I said, I gave him the money. But it's just a testimony between me, him, and God that I gave him. So we can't say nobody didn't help him. No, I don't know if he was trying to buy booze, drugs. And I, come on, it's only $2. I know about nickel bags. I don't know about $2 bags. <laughs> I heard they used to have that. I don't know what they got in there. However, God will never have you alone. He'll send for servants and messengers to be with you to help you through your crisis. If you allow them to. This is a two-part message. This is part one of never alone. You gotta understand something about God's word. His word is already settled in heaven and it's not changing. I'm trying to get you to understand something. If God's word is already settled in heaven, you're never gonna be alone. You know what? There's only two powers in this world, either God or the devil. The Bible said the devil is the prince of the air. Satan is the little prince of the air. God owns the planet. And the universe. I said, God owns the planet and the universe. He has the last day. Y'all got to understand. So then, God has the last say about what happens to you. Let me pray for those watching television broadcast. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you to touch every liberal soul. Help them to see that they're not alone. They may be by themselves, but they're never alone. That your presence. Your presence is there and your mercy is there and your grace is there for them. I ask you to touch them from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet and encourage them to serve you. You can get the rest of this message on YouTube if you want for today. Uh, you can check, check us out under the Tabernacle Deliverance Incorporated. I look for Pastor Bernard L. Wells on YouTube. We're also on Twitter under uh, Tabernacle underscore INC. All right. And also, if you want to write to us, you can write to us at the Tabernacle Delivered, P.O. Box 535, West Haverstraw, New York, 10993. That's the Tabernacle Deliverance Incorporated, P.O. Box 535, West Haverstraw, New York, 10993. Let's move on. <clears throat> Let's go to Exodus chapter 14. We're talking about never being alone. Nobody wants to be alone. Sometimes we could cause it ourselves. Listen to the scripture. Exodus 12, 14. 
It says, uh, excuse me, Exodus 14 and 12, excuse me, I got it backwards. Exodus 14 and 12 says, is not this the word, is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for we had been better for us if we served the Egyptians, then we should die in the wilderness. Let me read it one more time. <clears throat> Is not this the word that we did tell you, tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For had it been better for us to serve the Egyptians, then we should die in the wilderness. Now, did that sound familiar? Does that sound like some of y'all? Come on, it sounds like some of us. Oh, yes, it does. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, God, if you just deliver me. Oh, God, if you just deliver me. Oh, God, if you just deliver me. I'll serve you till I die. Sound familiar lie? Familiar lie. Familiar lie that's been told for centuries. Thousands of years has been told the same lie. Look at that verse. That is the children of Israel when God sent Moses to bring them out of Egypt. They told Moses, leave us alone. He's like, wait a minute. Why should I leave you alone when God told me to bring you out? The names of you, you don't cry or cry and cry and wail and scream. Begging God to deliver you from the Egyptians. Now you're going to tell me you're going to leave you alone you want to serve the Egyptians, you're behind coming out of Egypt. That's the problem with us today. They tell us about God to leave them alone. But yet on the other hand, they cry that they go, God, I'm all by myself. Help me, God. Help me, God. Make a way for me, God. Bless me, God. Bless me, God. Oh, God. But they say, save me. Bless me, God. Bless me, God. That was the truth of Israel, and that's how it is today. The Egyptians didn't make Israel leave. The Egyptians didn't trust, turn and twist the Egyptians' arm and say, leave us. We don't want you here. No. That wasn't the case. The Egyptians wanted them there so they could do a hard task for us to stop. But we come Israel. Begin to go through tents in the wilderness. They're going to tell Moses, the name of you, to bring us out of Egypt, to let us die in the wilderness. That's us. You're going to tell your pastor, the nerve of him, to pray for God to deliver me. Now I ain't getting no more social security checks. It's stop. Oh, what I tell no, don't scare me not social security. I'm not getting disability checked out that God healed me. How could you do this to me? You pray for me now, God healed me. Now I can't get my disability checked no more, push up. I can't get social service money no more. Now that you pray me, I'm delivered. What am I gonna do? I'll tell you what you're gonna do. You're gonna get your behind up and go get a job. You're going to get your stink behind up and go get a job. You're going to work like everybody else works. You think I'm dumb? Some of y'all want to lean on these programs when you don't want God to deliver you. Huh? And you say, oh, God bless me. God wants to bless you when you're in your right mind. God wants to bless you that you can do for yourself. And let the less fortunate get what's needed. Hear the word of the Lord. God spoke to Moses to go bring the children of Israel out. Because he wanted them to know that they were never alone. But then they had the nerve to tell Moses, did not we tell you to leave us alone and let us serve the Egyptians? We want to go back to Egypt and serve the Egyptians. But yet these same people was crying, God bless us with food. God deliver us from the Egyptians. 
They need us. They mistreat us. They beat on us. We all alone. We all by ourselves. God said you were never alone from the get-go. You just won't obey my word. Yeah. Y'all got to understand something. The, the children of Israel did not choose God. God chose them. You got to understand something about salvation. You really didn't choose salvation. You was chosen for it. Huh? Well, I don't even understand that. You didn't choose salvation. You was chosen for it. From the beginning of the foundation of the world, you was chosen to God's salvation that you was determined never be alone. People say, well, I went to church. I started going to church. They ain't got nothing to do with you going to church. Eternal salvation is something that was given before the foundation of the world. You just had to accept it. You just had to accept the plan of salvation that was made before for you. That you would eternally never be alone. Because in eternal damnation, there's no friendship. You're going to be alone burning throughout eternity. Somebody said, all oh, my friends going to be there. I heard that lie so many times. You don't know who's going to be there. Just make sure you're not there. But this scripture here, really interesting when you look at this verse. It says, is not this the word? Uh, 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 Exodus 14 and 12. Is not this the word that we did tell thee? It is a saying. Let us alone. We want to be by ourselves. That we may serve the Egyptians. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. When God had already told you he was going to bring you out and you crying to go back into sin. This is the funniest thing about people. They cry. Because of sin. They want more sin. They want to go back into sin. They want to go back in the wilderness. They want to go back into sin. They don't want to, they don't want to go through nothing. You see, it was easy. The third Egyptians said they got used to the Egyptian beating them up. They got used to the Egyptian raping their women and abusing them. They got used to it. It was normal now. Amen. Now God has brought them out and brought deliverance into their lives. Now it's a problem. Nobody's knocking on the side of their head. Nobody's raping their wives and their daughters. They, they're not pulling hard tasks no more. They're not having them. They're upset because they can't cry to God and say, the Egyptians are abusing us. Now they telling Moses, the man of God, you had no business bringing us out of Egypt. You should have left us there. And that's how we are today. That's exactly how we are today. I know an individual I was talking to. I said, you know, you need to get delivered from that. She said, you know, she told me I ain't never getting delivered. I don't want to be delivered. I'm happy. I'm happy in this. Oh, we were talking about food. Don't get the wrong idea. And she was talking about sin. She was happy. I was teasing her about, you need to get the lip from me and all this junk food. Let us pray to God deliver. She said, no, I want my candy. This is a 70-something-year-old woman. She don't want to be delivered from eating candy. She don't gain no weight. She can eat candy day and night. She don't gain no weight. Only thing she was concerned about getting a new pair of false teeth because she misplaced her teeth one day. <laughs> that was funny. She said, Pass the world, I got my new teeth. <laughs> I was rolling, that was funny. I got my new teeth, and she crunching on a candy and cookies. But because she 
she does not want to be delivered. Deliverance will never come for her. From being delivered from eating uh, junk food. Some of us don't want to be delivered from eating junk food. We're going to eat our junk food and be saved. But the case of the children of Israel, just like the case of today, people would rather go back and sin. Uh, listen to this. There are people that would rather go back and drugs, homosexuality, whatever, and go through a few little trials and be free. And be made free by the power of God and his word. They would rather go back to their nastiness and their abuse. There are women that were living with men that were beating them up all the time. And God made a way to get them into a shelter where they could be safe. They got the nerve to tell the shelter people, I want to go back. I can't take the hell. Y'all don't let me go wherever I want or whatever the case. These are the same people that cried for God to have mercy on them. Never alone. The life you live, beloved, speaks for you. You gotta understand something when you look at this scripture. Look at this scripture. Verse 12, it tells the story about how some of us are living. It said, is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt when they were in Egypt, when they were in sin? When they were in sin? Some of y'all, y'all were telling the people that was witnessing to y'all when y'all were in sin. I'm better off like this. But I want God to bring me out. I'll do this for me now. And the person said, we're going to pray to God to deliver you and bring you out. But now, the Egyptians did not force them to go. Sin does not force you to leave it. I'm going to say it again. Sin doesn't want to be alone. It wants you to stay close to it. It wants you to wallow in it. It wants you to live in it. It wants you to die in it. It don't want to be loved. Or it goes on to say, it's not just the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may save the Egyptian and Egyptian Egypt represented sin. That's where we want to be. We want to be in sin. It's all right to me to take a little puff, drink something. I know the alcohol is going to kill me after a while. And the smoker may give me cancer, but let me give me let me smoke my cigarettes. Let me drink my let me drink my uh, wine. Let me just do let me do what I'm doing. I know sleeping with the boys, I might get AIDS, but let me sleep with the boys. It's not so bad. So it's said. But let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it had been better for us to serve the devil. That's what I said. It would have been better for us to serve the devil than us to come out of here and live and then die in the wilderness. You bring me out of that comfortable whorehouse I was living in. Now, God so called cleaned me up. Now I'm living in a little one by one. I'm not hoarding no more, but I'm living in a one by one. I ain't got that much money. So I need to go back to sin. Sin will keep you alone. Don't believe me? Get AIDS. I guarantee you, you're going to be alone. Get cancer. I guarantee you're going to be alone because people can't deal with the smell. People get real bad cancer. And the fourth stage, different things happen to people. They don't, they lose their head, all kind of different stuff. People don't want to be around them that much. Their loved ones just pray for them, hope for the best, but they know there ain't nothing they can do for them. When people first started getting AIDS, nobody wanted to be around them at all. 
they got all kind of uh they got some kind of vaccine that helps slow the AIDS down but can't give her. People would rather go back to sin than go through a little trial and then obtain eternal life. But I'm gonna tell you something, just like the church of Israel, they told Moses they wanted to go back to Egypt, and it wasn't happening. The Egyptians didn't want them anyway. That was already closed off. Isn't that something? It was already closed off. Did I mean, it just didn't want them because now they were terrified of them. They didn't want the rest of the Egypt to be destroyed. If the children of Israel went back, they knew they were in trouble. We don't want you. They told Moses, we want to go back. We'd rather die. Now, this is the funny thing about us, beloved. This is funny. We cry for God to have mercy on us and bring us out of that, but yet we want to go back to it. And that's what was going on with the children of Israel. They cried and called the moaning and crying and wailing. They went up and got God dead. He said, I got to get these people out of Egypt. And yet these very people told God and his servant, we want to go back. That's something to think about. They wanted to go back to Egypt. Why? Because they already knew what the taskmasters was going to do. It didn't take no faith to know that uh, drugs will get you high, and that's how the truth is Israel. It didn't take no faith for them to know that the children was going to start beating them up and raping them and, and abusing them and doing all kinds of stuff to them again. They already knew that. So if a person go back to sin, they already knew it. Smoking crack is gonna get them bombed out of head, using LSD, methadone, opium, and all this other stuff. They already know. They've been using it. A woman that was a prostitute, she already knows she go back there. She's gonna make some money. Uh, she'll keep on risking from catching AIDS or whatever else. Never alone. It was never God's plan for you to be alone. It was God's plan for you to grow and nourish and learn who he is for you. That was God's plan. That was God's thoughts for you because he never wanted you to suffer alone. You got to really read that scripture that says, alone on which you were always all the time. God is with you all the time. Every single day, every moment of the day, you are never alone when you have God in your life. Never. People are so wrapped up in natural eyesight to it messes them up. That was Israel's problem. That's why they wanted to go back to Egypt. They had no idea. They was in the wilderness and they were just right next door to the promised land. But because of their rebellion, they dropped in their wilderness. Only the youngest went into the promised land. You gotta really look at the word of God as God's word and see that these things took <coughs> these things took place. The children of Israel rejected God's plan. After he brought them out of Israel, out of Egypt, after he brought them through the Red Sea, I don't care what God did. He man down rain manna from heaven. I don't care what he did. They wanted to go back to Egypt. It was easier. It was a shortcut. But then, guess what? While they were in Egypt again, they were going to go back calling on God and crying and God and begging God to deliver them and bring them out because the taskmaster of Egypt is so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. But they told Moses, you bring us out here to die in the wilderness. It was disobedience that was going to kill them in the wilderness. It was their disobedience that was going to kill them while they were in the wilderness because they wouldn't obey God. Their hearts were not there. You know the story of Lot's wife? When they came out of Sodom and Gomorrah, when they came out, they were told not to look back, but Lot's wife looked back and turned into a pillar of a salt. 
In fact, I read a story that the uh, archaeologists think they found Lot's wife in a, as a pillar of salt. Scientists or archaeologists, they think they found her body as a pillar of salt. However, regardless if they did or did not find it, it happened. It happened for one reason and one reason only. Her heart was still there. Her heart was in Sodom and Gomorrah. That's where her heart was. It would have been better for her to stay back there. It would have been better for her to stay in Sodom and Gomorrah than her to come out because she turned into a full of salt. And even though Sodom and Gomorrah was going to be burnt up, she would have been burnt up with them one way or another. These are not historical events. These are factual events. And that was Israel's issue. Israel's heart was still in Egypt. Some of y'all today, you're married to people, but your heart is on some other person. Hello? Some of your hearts are on some other man or some other woman, and yet you married. You laying in bed to your husband and wife, but you wishing that person next to you was somebody else. Your heart is not right. And that's what Israel's issue was. A heart was not right. That's why they told Moses it was better for them to have stayed in sin in Egypt. Your heart is not right. You always going to be alone. Do you, ever, you ever heard of one-sided love? Come on, everybody heard of one-sided love? Some people got one-sided love. You madly in love with somebody that's not even thinking about you. I know that happened to her sister. She was madly in love with this brother that was married. We were on the 10th ground. I'll never forget her saying, oh, oh, I, I want him. I'm like, he's married. I'm waiting for his wife to die so I can get him. Now the man didn't know her. Did you hear what I said? The man didn't know her. The wife didn't know her. But she's lusting after this man. That's married to someone else. And that's how some of y'all are. Some of y'all are left to that for something that you can't have. Your heart is still in Egypt and it's safe. That's why some of y'all can't get nothing from God. Your sins block him. Your sin blocks the blessing. Your sin blocks the deliverance. Your sins block your healing. Your sins block the yokes being broken. Because you want to stay in Egypt. In sin. That's what Israel, 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 Israel wanted to stay in sin. When you read the story about Israel, it's interesting. These people cried and wailed for God to deliver them from the pain and the misery that was going on hundreds of years. And God sent a messenger and they told him to take a hike. In fact, they told Moses when he first went in, who do you think you are? Look about you coming to deliver us. You are you the man of Egyptian. So how you gonna how you gonna bring us out? They're, they already told Moses off from day one. <laughs> that was a funny thing. They already told Moses off. They had a nerve to come told you to leave us alone. We were happy in our sin. Yeah, the punishment on us is hard. The taxes hard. We're going to go to hell if we keep going the way we do it. Well, just leave us alone. Then after we go to hell, we're going to be gay and turn into the lake of fire. Leave us alone. God said, I'm never going to leave you alone. He said, I have everlasting love for you. He said, with loving kindness, have I drawn thee? God never wants to leave you alone. God don't want to see you lost. Real men and women of God don't want to see you lost neither. I don't know what you may be going through in your home. Your husband may be cheating. Your wife may be cheating. Or you just may be single just by yourself. I'm going to tell you something. You don't have to be alone. That's the best thing. You don't have to be alone because you can walk with God. 
Before I got married, I want y'all to listen to this. Before I got married, centuries ago, <laughs> I've always been married like centuries. Um, I heard somebody talking about acts of faith. So what I did, because I lived alone, I used to set two two chairs, two two plates every day. I set out two plates like if I was married to someone, I would set a plate out on the table, act of faith. I'll put a paper, I would set the table for me and my wife. That's what I did. I did that a lot. But that same act came into a reality where I got married. I no longer had to do because I, I cook. I like to cook for my wife. So I was acting in faith back then, so I do it in reality today. We've been married a few centuries, as I say. But never alone. I never considered myself alone. Even when I lived alone, I never considered myself alone. I was by myself. All right, people used to come by and visit me all the time and drive me nuts. You know my food to leave. Uh, that's the reason not to have nobody around you. <laughs> but the whole thing I'm trying to get you to see that is God's plan that you never be alone. People confuse being alone and by yourself because they say, oh, you should have a wife. But if you're not called to be married, you don't need no wife. If you call to be by yourself and you're a woman, you need no husband. Stop letting people put thoughts in your head. Make sure that God told you you are for marriage. But you never have to be alone. You don't have to shack up with nobody. You don't have to be sneaking around with nobody. You'll never be alone. You could be in a company of your own home by yourself or with the presence of God with you. It's true. It's not make-believe. I've actually met people that are single and they are so happy. They are so happy. They have many married friends, but they're happy. They don't sit in the corner when they get around with a married friend saying, oh, I'm all alone. I'm all by myself. No. They're happy. Because they don't have to worry about a wife. They don't have to worry about a husband telling you can't do this and you can't do this. So they are happy. Like my wife may get on my case about some of the munchies I like to eat. You ain't bringing that in the house. Like when we went out yesterday, she said, you know you ain't got that pizza and stuff. You know she supposed to be about eating all the pizza and the chicken. And oh, I had a field day yesterday. <laughs> I had a field day yesterday. Now, if I was single, there would have been nobody to get on my case. I would have probably ate more. <laughs> I probably would eat more and cry no more. But I would have never been alone. So I'm trying to get you to see that God's plan for your life is not being alone. The Egyptian cried for God to deliver them, and he did. But they demanded later that God leave them alone. That's why you got to be careful. You got to be careful what come out of your mouth. People ask God to send them husbands and wives and God said, I don't want you to marry them. Leave them alone. But you possess. And you marry that person. You start dating that person. And then they sleep with you. Or you sleep with them. And you get all messed up. You get pregnant. Or you get the girl pregnant. You done fornicated and you got her pregnant. Now you got to take care of a child. And he's saying, it's not mine. So I'm going to hold you behind accountable. But God told you to leave them alone in the beginning. But no, I'm doing it my way. And that's what Israel did. Israel refused to hearken to the voice of the Lord. That God, I don't care what he done. And some of us sit there that way. I don't care what God tells us. I don't care what God gives us. I don't care what God do for us. We still going to do our We still going to do what we want. We still going to tell God where to get off. 
Israel did it, and I know you would do it. Israel got to the point where God didn't want to deal with them anymore because they would not stop their mess. They kept on going and they kept on going and they kept on going. You know, you, it's one thing that insult me. It's going to hurt my feelings. But it's another ball game that insult God. It's another ball game that insult him. He's not like us. Hmm. Especially when you ask him to bring you out. You got to be careful with what your mouth says. Humble yourself. Bite your tongue. Keep your mouth in your mouth and your, mouth, and your, and your tongue in your mouth. Keep your mouth in your mouth and your tongue in your mouth so you don't have to worry about paying for it later. That don't make sense to you? I'll say it again. Keep your mouth in your mouth and your tongue in your mouth so you don't have to pay for it later. You're going to insult God. The very God you have to bring you out. Y'all crazy. not a game. It's not a play. not a show. God's plan for man to never, ever be alone. But the children of Israel, just like today, refuse to accept what God has to say. I don't care what God does. I don't care how he tries to help. We want God on our turf. We want God to do stuff on our terms. What is it? Part one. Part one. You could fool man, but you can't fool God. That's something to think about. You could fool man, but you cannot fool God. We can deceive man all we want. And that's what the truth in Israel thought they were doing to Moses. They didn't know Moses was in tune with God. They thought they were psyching him. They thought they were fooling him. I'm going to tell you something about what happened in this case. You look at that scripture. It said that they told Moses to leave them alone in the beginning, right? Okay. And then at the end of that verse, he tells them that you brought us out in the wilderness to die. Moses didn't bring them into the wilderness to die. Check this out. When God heard them crying in Egypt, I want you to listen to this. When God heard them crying in Egypt, he said, okay, I'm going to bring you out. But I already know y'all a bunch of liars and scorpions. What I'm going to do, I'm going to bring you out, and you're going you're gonna to die in the wilderness because you're not going to listen to me. But the children, the children, the youngest, I'm going to let go into the promised land, but you will never cross it. <clears throat> they thought they were psyching Moses and psyched themselves. People do that to pastors. They think they're psyching a the pastor. They live like a dog all week long and come to church looking all sanctimonious. Like, oh, my, 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 my. they speaking in tongues. They're jumping around. They get on a choir and all that stuff that they do in the church. They think they're deceiving the man of God and only making a fool of themselves. Because God sees all, knows all, and tells all. Never alone. You may be watching this broadcast right now for the first time or the umpteenth time. But I want to tell you something. You must be born again. You must accept Christ as your Yes, you must accept Christ. It's a choice. Because the Bible says, whosoever will, let them come. And I don't know why I cast them out. He won't cast you away if you come to sailor. And it's your choice to receive Christ as your personal Savior. It is your personal choice to receive him as your Lord and Savior in your life. It's your personal choice. So today, some of y'all may be watching this broadcast or listening to the podcast. I believe you may be receiving this message. Today is your day. You can be seen, healed, delivered, and made free. If you want, I'm going to pray a simple prayer. Let's pray a simple prayer, a simple prayer, sinner's prayer of repentance. And I'm going to tell you something. you got to allow God and Jesus Christ to come into your life and change your life. You can't do it all by yourself. Some you can. All right, let's pray. Uh, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, come on, come on. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my life, come into my heart, 
has saved me and be my personal savior. Save me right now. Sanctify me from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross of Calvary for me and rising on the third day and sitting on the right hand of God. I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let me pray for everybody now. Father, we thank you for every little soul that gave their life to you today. Oh, God, that you recovered their heart to seek your word, to call on you, oh God, in truth and righteousness, oh God. Let them know and understand that they're not alone, that you'll never leave them, that you'll never forsake them, that you'll be with the end of the age, regardless of what goes on around them. Keep them from going back into Egypt of sin. I thank you for touching their lives today in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen, we have Bible study on Wednesday night at 8.15, right here, and then we have Sunday service at 5.15 p.m. on Sunday, Eastern Time, or Eastern Time. You can write to us today uh, 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 through email at WeCare at the Tabernacle Deliverance, isc.org, that's WeCare at Tabernacle Deliverance, isc.org. Let us know how you're doing. You can also visit our website, the Tabernacle, www.tabernacledeliveranceinc.org. And you can leave a prayer request, testimony. You also can become a partner, help us financially, or you can actually write to us. We are real people. We're in a real place. So you can write to us, the Tabernacle Deliverance, P.O. Box 535, West Haverstraw, New York, 10993. That's the Tabernacle Deliverance. P.O. Box 535, West Haverstraw, New York, 10993. You can send a love offering. Only send check or money order. Do not send no cash. You can cash up. A lot of people don't like cash up, but if you want, you can cash up as Pastor uh, B.L.L. Uh, you can download tightly. Look for the Tabernacle Deliverance Incorporated. Until Wednesday night, be blessed. I'll see you Wednesday or Sunday.